Hello, and uh, welcome again, everyone, to another episode of Highlighting Greatness with Fasayo. I'm very excited today to have uh, a very special guest on the show. Um, this is someone that uh, I went to school with. She's a sister of a previous guest. Um, welcome, Busala, to the show. Great. Thanks for having me, Fasayo. It's great to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yes, I know. It's been... I don't know, however many years uh, we were at UT together. Um, geez, I, did you graduate? When did you graduate? Um, oh, oh, seven. Oh, seven. Okay. I, so a couple of years before I graduated, I graduated in oh nine. Okay. And your brother, your, your bigger sister to Falabi. Um, who, the, well, not the biggest. <laughs> he, has, he, has, he has two older sisters. I'm the older one. I'm older than Falabi, but he has, we have an older sister. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, so you graduated first and then him and then me, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, definitely great to see you again. Great to have you on the show. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us how, so you are, we were both at UT. What were you studying at UT? So at UT, I was a human biology major, um, so natural sciences, that was my major, okay. biology. You were human bio, I was just regular bio, <laughs> I didn't know you were human bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was human biology, yeah. It's so interesting because I mean, I don't remember too much from those classes, but I remember my time at UT and I really enjoyed it. Like I always say, I love Austin and the people I met there. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel definitely the same way. Um, I feel like Austin was not just Austin, but going to UT was uh, such an amazing experience. Um, mm -hmm. Just, it was, for me, it was my first time leaving home and you know, now I'm on my own for the first time and just kind of exploring life and meeting people from all over the world, literally. It was, it was amazing. I, I enjoyed it. And then being in the great city of Austin as well. Which, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to explore as much as a student. I feel like we don't really like a lot of us when we're at school, we don't really leave the 40 acres. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We don't, um, it wasn't until later, maybe towards my senior year and, you know, me even like after now that I've gone back as an alumni or just, you know, as, uh, as someone who just likes to go out there that I've gone to other places, um, in Austin, but yeah, definitely a great time. Definitely a great mm -hmm. time. What, um, so just a little bit of background, um, what what how did you get to UT or what brought you to UT? I know that you're uh in in the podcast with your brother, he was a he he transferred, he was an not transferred, he was an international student uh from mm -hmm. Nigeria. Um were you also international? Yeah, I was an international student um from Nigeria as well. Um but I actually went to a different school first before I came to UT, which not wow. many people know, but yeah, so I was. I remember being in Nigeria and I was applying to schools. And honestly, at the time, I really didn't want to go to school immediately after I finished high school. I kind of wanted to take a break, but my parents were like, no, no, what are you taking a break for? What are you, you know, they were just like, apply, you know? And I was right. kind of new to the, 
new to the process of like SATs and just looking for schools in America. And so I ended up going to Texas A&M in Laredo, which is not College Station. That's the, you know, Laredo is like near the border of Mexico. Right, right. So that's where I, so that's where I went to first um, for a year when I first came from Nigeria. That's Tamiyu. Yes, exactly. That's Tamiyu. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I used to live in Laredo, right? No, I didn't know that. Wow, what a small <laughs> world. What yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, I lived in Laredo for like, after I became, after I graduated from, far, I went on to pharmacy school and mm-hmm. my, almost my first job was in Laredo. And so I just left Laredo last year. Wow. Yeah, I was there for like That's almost, amazing. yeah, I was there almost five years. So I'm, I'm familiar with Tammy. <laughs> Wow, that's really because usually when I tell people, they don't really know that area. And right. I haven't been back since I first came, but that was my first experience um, in America as a student. Wow. And um, it, was, it was, but it was pretty cool. Like, I, I made some friends. It was, yeah. I went to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting thing. Not only did I used to live in Laredo, I have guest lectured at TAMU before. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget for psychology, one of the, one of uh, the pastors at one of the churches that I, that I went to was a professor there. And he asked me to come and present some things on like meds and uh, like depression, anxiety and things like that. And mm. so, yeah, I got to guest lecture. It was amazing. I had a great time. <laughs> nice yeah I mean I remember when I you know after I spent a year there you know I knew that I was going to transfer that wasn't going to be my final um, destination yeah. and so I applied to UT and Texas A&M those were the only two schools I applied to transfer and I didn't get into Texas A&M I got into UT and I remember I told my I think my calculus teacher and he was kind of, he was sad he was like you know all the, it was like all the smart people end up leaving and he was Aww. just kind of wondering, he made me feel a bit bad, but he was like, you know, you know, I wish you all the best and he was happy for me to be going to UT. And so that's, my brother was already there at UT. So I just, yeah, I transferred. Um, okay. So, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Ta- uh, left Laredo and went to Austin. That's, how was that change? Um, to me, it wasn't really, it wasn't really drastic. Like, I mean, yes, there were more Nigerians at UT. Um, I don't remember meeting, I met a Nigerian, I had one Nigerian friend at, um, in Laredo that was a football (laughs) player, soccer player. Um, so it was just more like, okay, UT, my brother was there. There was a bigger African community. It was a bigger school. It was more diverse. So, um, and it was also, I think challenging like the coursework I think it was harder I think I came I mean I felt like maybe at Laredo when I was I mean I was doing well and I was you know excelling and it kind of seemed easy for me at the time and then when I went to UT I was like whoa yeah things were a bit harder and I think I was take I took organic chemistry because I was pre-med for a little bit and organic chemistry was just horrible for me and then I knew that no I'm, I wasn't going to be pre-med <laughs> <laughs> did you have um gosh what's this guy's name 
Dr. Iverson, Earl Kim. The, you remember no, the guy who wrote the book? You remember the book, the big Earl Kim book with the two molecules I the on book. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the book, yeah. I didn't I have him, but I, I'd heard that name. Was he a good professor? He was a great professor. He was an amazing professor, but I failed his class. <laughs> and it was the best F I ever got. It was amazing. <laughs> like I learned so much in that F. <laughs> but uh, no, um, yeah, it, UT was, was very difficult for me as well. Like uh, coming from, you know, from my high school, I was, you know, top 10, you know, blah, blah, blah. The high school was super easy. And then you come to UT and it's just boom. <laughs> yeah. surprise yeah. yeah yeah so it it was it was rough um i definitely failed a few classes had to retake some this and that but uh it was still a great time and i still graduated on time with my class and but um yeah but yeah, yeah that, i remember that. i was gonna say yeah i i retook her class and that was like the first time i was like oh i have to retake her class it was, <laughs> it was so shocking that was like what but right. at the end of the day, you know, I learned a lot. I was just like, I can do this, I can do this, you know. So yeah. it was humbling experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, UT definitely humbles you. <laughs> it humbled me. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. So you were human, but I didn't even know that. I thought you, I, I, I had no idea what your major was. But so, because I'm bio as well, or I was bio. Um, but yeah, so after graduating, where what what did you get into after that, after you left UT? So in my final year at UT, I met like a career advisor and just kind of talking about what my next steps were. And as a biology major, I mean, I didn't really want to work in a lab. I didn't really know what my options were. And initially, like everyone had told me, like, do medicine because you're good in science. And I didn't really like hospitals. I don't really, I didn't really see myself as a doctor. And she introduced me to a field, um, public health. And she talked about public health, about how public health is about prevention of diseases and looking at it as a, at a population level and that you don't have to be in a hospital. <laughs> and so I just was like, hmm, I'm going to go research this online. And I did, and I found multiple pro grad programs in that field. And, you know, public health has many like sub divisions. You could be in health and policy, you can be global health, biostats, epidemiology, environmental yeah. health. So it was so diverse. And so I applied to grad school um, to study public health in the health policy and management department. Um, and I also applied to maybe some other programs still in public health, maybe like global health. Those were the two, global health, health policy and management that I was interested in. And so I got in so I had a year gap and then I went to grad school at Emory okay. for public health. Okay, nice. So, yeah, so that was, that was fun. I was, ex I was so happy. I remember when I got my acceptance letter, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to grad school. And yeah, I wanted to leave Texas. That was big for me. I, I like okay. exploring new places. So, I mean, I applied to a school in Texas just as a safety school, but um, in my heart, I knew I wanted to see another city and nice. i went to visit atlanta visit emory and it was just really nice people were very friendly 
and actually there were a lot of Nigerians in my um, in my program there was like 10 of us it just seemed like they packed all the Nigerians in that class and um, I really enjoyed it even though I was one of the youngest Nigerian because most of the Nigerians came from Nigeria and they were medical doctors and oh, wow. so I was the only one that didn't have a medical degree and you know they were like oh yes are you just gonna do public health that's interesting so anyway um, it was a nice experience. Um, made a lot of friends, and nice. yeah, so that's what I did after UT. Okay, nice, nice. Grad school at Emory. Um, I, that must have been amazing, just being in that Atlanta, um, nice different city, um, and now you're pursuing, you know, what you want as far as uh, you know, in, in graduate uh, degrees. Um, what did you do after you left Emory when you graduated with your, with your master's and now is it an, did you have an MPH? Yes, I have an, yes, I have an MPH. So, okay. I mean, while I was there within the two years, I did an internship at WHO. So that was in Geneva and that was really exciting to like travel because I, I really love traveling and, you know, international organization, I was really excited to an internet WHO and looking back on it again I was I was reflecting on this I, I remember the friends the people more than the actual work like I remember <laughs> I did I did work in ethics departments you know I remember having meetings with my advisor I didn't necessarily love what I was doing I just remember thinking at the time wow it's WHO why wow, I want to get that experience I didn't really know much right. about it I didn't know much about ethics but it was still interesting um and but the people there was it was i made a lot of international friends and i just remember being you know summer in geneva just good food ice cream <laughs> chocolate yeah. Yeah. good music you know um expensive city um but i just have i have fond memories of my time there and right. i'm still in touch with some of my friends that i met there through facebook um so after I finished at Emory, I was looking for a job and I was really stressed. I remember being really stressed about it and applying, applying to so many places, nothing was happening. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Like I've done, I've gotten this degree and I can't get a job. Um, I was kind of stuck and I decided to go to conferences because I know people always say, oh, go to conferences. You can make connections. And at Emory, one of the big things I learned there was the power of networking. And that's something that has stayed with me since I've left. Like if anyone asked me, what did you learn at Emory? I was like, networking. It's so <laughs> important. I mean, they used, yeah. to have like, they used to have like trainings where you would just go to this networking event and you have to like talk to X amount of people. And I did those trainings a couple of times and it was so scary the first time because I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't want to go and talk to people and say the wrong thing. But once I left Emory, I mean, I went to conferences and I just used to make sure I sit, you know, close to the front if I can and talk to people afterwards if I'm interested. And a little tip that I learned, which could be a little, I didn't learn it from Emory, I learned it from just somewhere online. And where they said, um, when you go to conferences, wear bright colors as opposed to just like, black brown because you kind of stand out and people remember you so I, remember uh, I had like yeah so i had like this purple dress blue dress. i just had all these like bright colors 
and I would carry my folder, my CV, and go to all these conferences. And I went to a conference. I met a lady from France who was speaking about a cervical cancer and a program she was doing in developing countries. And I was just very interested in it. And I talked to her afterwards and I said, you know, I followed up with an email, great presentation, nice meeting you. I'm actually looking for a job at the moment, blah, blah, blah. And she followed up with me and said, hey, let's have an interview. Let's set, an, let's set up an interview. And that's oh, wow. how I got my first, you know, was an internship after graduation. And oh, wow. so that's nice. why I, yeah, I'm always like, you have to go, you have to push yourself and go to all these conferences. Like I've seen the firsthand how networking helped me. So I, I always recommend it to people and yeah, so next thing I knew, they flew me to New York for, for an interview. I had to do two rounds of interviews. Okay. And then they were like, well, the position is in France. And I was like, wow. awesome. I speak a little bit of French. And, but, you know, they don't, and I love French. Anyone that knows me, I just, I'm in love with the French language. Um, but this position was actually going to be in a in an English speaking office. So it's really an American company that has like a France, a base in France. So I wasn't going to really be, I didn't need to speak the language. <laughs> um, so, but again, it was an exciting experience to be in a different country, um, to meet new people, to try and practice the little French that I had. That you had. Um, and eat a lot of great food. <laughs> um, How long was this internship? So it was six months, but okay. it was broken down into two, two three month um, installments. So I, I wasn't there for a stretch of six months. I was there for like three months. Three and months. Left you came back. And, and then okay. came back. Yeah. Um, what was, uh, what was, was an American intern? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say there was an American um, intern that was there that was handing over to me um, before she left. So okay. I can't remember what, pro what program she was on, but, you know, the projects we worked on was basically like develop in developing countries. I mean, big, some of the big clients were like, um, yeah, other pharmaceutical companies who were like either developing drugs for cancer and they were having like trials in some developing countries. So just kind of managing those projects um, internationally okay. was one of the things I did. And I remember also you know, they had a project in Africa. I think it was, I can't remember which country it was, but I remember having to interview physicians in different countries on the phone and like transcribe everything they were saying just to see how we could improve like the health systems of those countries. Oh, wow. So. Nice. Sounds like very, very, you know, important, you know, work that, that you were doing as far as like improving the health systems of, different countries, you know, overseeing, not overseeing, but helping in um, the drug companies, you know, research, you know, uh, protocols and things like that and development of medications, R&D. Uh, mm -hmm. Wow. So after you finished that, were you able to join on or, you know, try to work with the company more? Or? Yeah. So afterwards, um, yeah, I thought about, I, I, I wanted to continue because I was like, well, I don't know what's next for me. And at the time they were like, you know, they were not hiring more people. And I think they even let go of um, some other people who had been there longer than me. They were just kind of shrinking. 
And okay. so, I mean, I left, I came back to the US and I was looking for jobs and I had a timeline being an international student because I had the, the OPT, like the international work permit that lasts for a year. And so you have a time period to get a, a new job. And I was okay. searching online, you know, again, going to conferences, trying to connect with people. I talked to a lot of people. Um, I was in, going to DC a lot. Um, and some of the companies I met, a lot of them said, oh, you're Nigerian. You know, we have a branch in Nigeria where you could apply. You know, at the time, a lot of them didn't want to really necessarily file for this working visa if they could, if you could work in their home country, if you could work in your home country. Right. And I mean, maybe I could have, I'm sure I could have looked harder for other jobs, maybe, but um, as time was running out, I just came to the conclusion that I think it was best I move back to Nigeria and pursue public health opportunities at home. And I thought that I'd made some connections here and I would just kind of continue with those connections and see what opens up when I get to Nigeria. So, okay. you know, after living in the U.S. for a while, it was also a bit daunting to be like, oh, I'm going to miss all my friends and the life that I've had here in the U.S. But I was also excited to go home because I had family there and I was just like, well, going back to Nigeria is not the end of the world. Um, it's a beautiful country. I have some friends there. I did grow up there. And so I knew that I was going to be fine. Um, yeah. But it was still, you know, I remember still being a bit emotional at the airport when I was leaving because I was just like, wow, I'm really leaving, you know. Oh. But it, it, it's all good. Nice. Nice. And so you, you, you go back to Nigeria. Did you already have a job lined up or did you? Um, no, I didn't have a job lined up, but I knew I had contacts. So there were people that I was going to follow up with. So there was, I remember a, name, a guy called Mike. Um, at a company so I followed up with him linked up with somebody else that okay I could interview for a job and at the time I also was do, going to do my NYSE which is like the national youth service in Nigeria that all graduates have to do in Nigeria for a year before you can work in Nigeria so it's kind of kind of like a mandatory volunteer service in a way so I wanted to combine those two things so that I just get it done together and so, um, and you could work in a private company, you could work in a public, like for government. You kind of had a, a bit of a preference if you schooled outside of Nigeria, so they, they allowed that. And so I was kind of debating whether going with this NGO that I had made the connections with in the US, it was a good NGO. I mean, I was like, probably make good money here. And I was leaning towards that. And then at the same time, one of my classmates from Emory who had moved back to Nigeria, she connected me to somebody working in the Ministry of Health in Nigeria. And she was like, oh, so I really think you should consider working here. It could be another opportunity. And so I had a meeting with, um, with somebody from the Ministry of Health. And he kind of convinced me that, you know, I think you should take us over the other NGO because NGOs, you can always apply and work there but working in the ministry of health is a unique opportunity to help and do work for nigeria and it's not always very easy to get in and so i thought about that i was like hmm, that makes sense so i ended up going that um, that route and i also because i like the person that i interviewed with 
Um, he had worked at the World Bank. He had his MPH from Harvard. He had worked at McKinsey. So he had all these big names of places that I would have I dreamt of working in. And the minister he was working, he was attached to a particular minister at the Ministry of Health, and he was very well-renowned and just, you know, well-known as a good public health person. And so I just thought, hmm, let me just attach myself to this group and do my NYSC. So, it was, so that was an interesting experience. I did that for almost two years, I think. Um, wow. But it was also challenging working in government. It's not the same as working in private. How so? And then especially now you're in Nigeria. Yeah, right. so I mean, yeah, so being in Nigeria, um, luckily my mom worked in, this was in Abuja, and my mom worked in Abuja, so we were living together. So at the time, honestly, it, it was an opportunity for us to be closer. I felt like we really bonded because before I was in the U.S. studying and we didn't really have that bonding time. So I really enjoyed that. And then my uncle, who actually is in public health, lived with us as well. So it was such a unique time for me to be close to these two individuals in my family. Um, but the Ministry of Health was very slow in terms of getting things done as all around the world, you know, private sectors are very like fast, fast and get things done. But the Ministry of Health, people were just kind of like chilled. Bureaucratic. Yeah, bureaucratic. And mm. also um, the culture. Um, Abuja is more Muslim. It's not like it's more Muslim, but compared yeah. to Lagos, it, it is. And so I saw a lot more, I guess, I say Muslim people with, you know, scarves. And I think it, will, it just kind of makes you think a little bit more about how you dress. You know, you're just a little bit more conscious sometimes. Um, and then um, I, liked, I liked my team, though, the team that I worked with. It was, they were great people. There were other people doing NYSE, other young women doing NYSE there. So we were like four or five of us. And so we all became kind of close. But, you know, our bosses were also very busy. So they didn't always have time to be responsive because sometimes you have to like help to write a speech for the minister, do some research on some um, public health issues. And it wasn't always easy because, yeah, they were always busy. And there wasn't always enough funds to do the things that maybe one really wanted to do. Because, for example, I was very passionate. I'm very passionate about tobacco control. And okay. I remember WHO has an annual World No Tobacco Day every May 31st. And I remember thinking, oh, we should celebrate and do something um, to mark this occasion and, you know, promote the harm, you know, let, let people know about the harmful effects of smoking. And I went to the... Um, the other department that handles that. And they were just like, there's no money for this. So all this one you're talking, <laughs> there's no money for it. You can't do it. And I was just like, oh, they said, oh, they're, they're going to do some kind of, I think they're going to do a press release. We're going to do, we're going to do something, but not on the large scale. That not what you want it. No, yeah. So in the end of the day, I told, I told my boss, you know, I am going to do something on my own. And I'm actually going to just go to like a secondary school in Nigeria and just to ask if I can talk to students about the harmful effects of smoking. And he was like, oh, okay, you can do that. And so um, I found some schools and then just, I got some money. I got some money from my uncle. I think even my boss then gave me some money to just buy some snacks for okay. the kids. 
And then, you know, I invited some guest speakers from the ministry and so an NGO that I knew. And we spoke to the kids about the harmful effects of smoking and stuff like that. And it was really rewarding for me. And I was just like, it was an outlet for me to do something that I was interested in outside of work. So, nice. yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And so you said you were there for, for about two years. Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I think it was almost two years because the NYSE is one year and I stayed on afterwards. Okay. Um, yeah, I stayed on afterwards. What, um, if you remember, if you remember, uh, you know, you had mentioned that they, you know, they were, you know, responding to or working on, you know, different, you know, public health issues, things like that. Do you know of any, you know, can, if, can you remember of, you know, maybe one instance of, you know, what, what an issue that they were maybe working on at that point while you were there? Yeah, I mean, definitely HIV okay. um, was a big deal, maternal child health. Okay. I think polio as well. Um, but the thing was, I remember for me at the time, I wasn't very interested in those areas. Um, I was very interested in non-communicable diseases. These are diseases like cancer, diabetes, because, you know, the trend was that developing countries were beginning to see a rise in those diseases compared okay. to infectious diseases. And I just felt like we were not giving enough attention to non-communicable diseases. Okay. Um, but honestly, you know, in my, which my boss had told me, it's just kind of like when you have competing issues, it's always hard to pick what to focus on. You have limited resources, right? Um, infectious diseases, HIV, maternal child health issues were, were some of the rising issues. And that's a lot of what donors want to fund as well, HIV. Mm. So that's usually kind of where things go. So right. it was kind of, I, I remember feeling a little bit sad towards the end because I felt like at the end of the day, public health, even though it was my passion, I had a a niche you know, area I was interested in, but I was coming to the realization that this area is not, doesn't have a lot of attention, doesn't have a lot of funding. And a lot right. of people encouraged me to switch and do stuff in HIV right. uh, and just ride that wave. And then when the thing I'm really interested in comes big, I can now switch. But I guess I was stubborn because I was yeah. just like, nah, man, I, I, I just think everybody's already on that wave right I, I didn't want to just join that so i know my uncle some people are looking at me like what is this girl doing um so <laughs> i so i think at some point i kind of got a bit disillusioned with public health towards the end while i was there because i just felt like i wasn't mm -hmm. really happy or it wasn't really what i thought it would be right um and i mean no profession is perfect but I, I kind of knew that I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to stay in that field anymore. Even though during my time at the Ministry of Health, luckily I'd met a great NGO campaign for tobacco-free kids who had come to Nigeria to help us with our tobacco control bill. And I was very interested in tobacco. So I got connected with them, did some work on the tobacco control bill. And through my connection with them, they were like, oh, do you want to get trained to be an advocate, in Af an African advocate, like volunteer um, for our organization? When we have trainings in Africa, you could, co you could come with us and you could train other people to be advocates. And I said, sure. And 
that was a great opportunity because through that I got to travel to Kenya, Botswana, Ghana, and do these trainings with other with other team members and meet other people who are passionate about tobacco control in their countries, learn more about what the tobacco control issues were in each country, which was different. And so that was wow. really good for me to, you know, have an outlet. So I really credit, you know, my, my bosses knew what my interests were, that this girl was interested in tobacco control, she was interested in non-communicable diseases. So when this NGO came, they were like, Musala, you, you be the person work working on this. Yeah. Yeah, and I really appreciated that, and I've maintained relationships with them. So that's yeah. pretty cool being able to do that. I mean, that that in and of itself sounds very, very interesting. Being able to travel and go to different countries and work with them and see what their issues are on something that you're passionate about, you know, and how it affects you know them in their different countries. Wow, that's pretty cool. How long did you do that? So, I mean, it was one of those things where they had a list of people that they had trained. And so whenever they were going to come to, let's say, Nigeria, they would email the whole list of and say, hey, guys, want to do a training in Nigeria in October? Who's interested? And then you just reply. So it wasn't something that happened regularly, maybe once a year. I think I had oh, okay. gone, gone to four or five, four in maybe two so maybe once or twice a year it wasn't like something that was gotcha it wasn't just continual it was just when the yeah when the need arises they would send an email and then those who are available could come nice 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 so so you're 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 doing this um but at the same time you're you're you you're saying how you're just kind of starting to realize that public health (laughs) isn't necessarily what you thought it was when you started and, you know, especially um, now in the Ministry of Health where you're doing this, uh, your, your youth service. Um, so where did you go after that ended or what, what happened after that? So I remember thinking at the time I was living in Abuja and Abuja is a very kind of laid back place. There's a lot of NGOs there, a lot of government work. But oftentimes I would travel to Lagos and Lagos is, you know, very, like, is our New York. It's very popping. It was always, you know, everyone starting hustle. hustle and bustle. Everyone's starting their own business. And, you know, I was just like, I want to move back to Lagos. You know, I just felt like Lagos had something, that energy. I wanted to be part of that hustle and bustle and see what's happening. And so I remember talking to my friends at the Ministry of Health and saying, hey, you know, I think I want to move back to Lagos. I'm going to be just looking for, looking for jobs there. But I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I just knew, a part of me was like, I think I want to take a break from public health. Also, I also wanted to make more money because I, I wasn't making much money at the time. And so it, my, the idea started when I was traveling to those different countries, like Kenya, Nigeria, um, Kenya, Botswana, doing the tobacco control workshops. I'm very passionate about Africa and fashion like seeing like the clothing that people wear in different African countries. And I would always buy something for myself. And, you know, I just really thought, wow, there's so much beautiful fashion and culture out there that we don't really know. And I started thinking, okay, I think I would like to maybe have a shop or an online business where I sell fashion from other African countries so that other people can see this greatness and they don't have to travel. 
So that idea was in my head, you know, just a little bit and um, talked to some of my friends at the Ministry of Health. And I was thinking, okay, so I have a biology degree. I have a public health degree. Um, now I think I want to do business. Do I have the skills to do it? Can I just start a business like that and will it be successful? Great questions. Very interesting questions, actually, considering the career that she's had thus far. Going from the University of Texas to Emory to an internship with the WHO in Geneva to working in France, working in Nigeria with the Ministry of Health. It's certainly been a great career and a great journey and also a great interview thus far. But unfortunately, we need to stop here for now. But join us next time as we get the answers and see how she pivoted away from public health into business and entrepreneurship. And as always, thank you for listening. You can find a video version on YouTube under the same name, Highlighting Greatness. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, comment, like, and share. Thank you and see you next time.